Welcome to the Autism Empowerment Podcast, your source for acceptance, enrichment, inspiration, and empowerment in autistic and autism communities worldwide. Wherever you identify in your autism or autistic journey, Autism Empowerment is here to meet you along the way. We are an autistic-led podcast, 501c3 nonprofit charity, and publisher of Spectrum Life magazine. In today's episode, we're exploring Autism Acceptance Month. Today, we'll have meaningful conversation around the following areas. What does autism acceptance look like at Autism Empowerment in 2021 in our world at large? What is the difference between autism acceptance and autism awareness, between acceptance and stagnation? How can we promote health, wellness, and the human needs of each autistic person with respect and dignity? And we're up and moving on to April. Hi there, Karen. Hello, John. How are you today? I'm loving today. Happy Autism Acceptance Month. Happy Autism Acceptance Month to you as well. Thank you very much. Hello, podcast friends. Thank you for joining us here today at the Autism Empowerment Podcast. We're recording this in early April 2021, and we're going to be talking about autism acceptance today. I want to first give a special shout out and thanks to Peggy Pitsenbarger, one of Autism Empowerment's first board members who turns 90 years old on April 5th. She catches up with her husband, Paul Pitsenbarger, a fellow Autism Empowerment board member who turned 90 last August. Autism acceptance and autism empowerment truly happen at all ages. So let's go ahead and get started. My name is Karen Krejcia, and I'm the executive director and co-founder of Autism Empowerment and one of your regular hosts. I'm here with my husband, John Krejcia, who is our program's director and other co-founder. I'm now going to turn this over to John, who will be asking questions, sharing in our discussion, and helping monitor our time together. I'll be happy to keep us on schedule and monitor the time. So why are we doing the show today about autism acceptance? John, so much information comes out in April of each year. So April of each year is Autism Acceptance Month. And in the past, it's been called Autism Awareness Month. We have always called it Autism Acceptance Month. The reason we're doing this show is because things can be really overwhelming at this time of year. For many autistic people and their families, it can be overload of information to the extreme, right? In fact, a lot of people I know who are normally quite active in autism communities need to take a social media break during this month because there's so much conflicting information coming in from different angles. Oh my gosh, I've gotten so many emails and also the Facebook posts about autism Mm -hmm. acceptance and autism awareness. It's just overwhelming for me. The thing is, you and I both have probably, between the two of us, at least a thousand people that we are connected with on Facebook that are connected in some way, either as autistic themselves or parents or family members or providers. So many different connections, right? Absolutely. And there's so many different unique viewpoints that go along with each of those people. The vast majority of them, I believe, mean well. And yet, there is still such a divide, so much division within autism and autistic communities. So we wanted to do a show that was going to share our viewpoint here at Autism Empowerment about Autism Acceptance Month. Last year, it was very different, of course. It was near the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. I had actually recorded an Autism Acceptance Month video 
which actually, John, you recorded that of me. Absolutely. I remember that. But the distinguishing feature of that was I was in the beginning weeks of COVID. It was pretty scary video. Yeah. In fact, we actually ended up taking it down after a few thousand views because it just didn't feel right. I wanted to protect my family. And I was pretty sick at that time. I'm happy to say, though, a year later, I have so much hope for the future. I still have long lasting effects and there's still a lot of stuff with COVID that I don't know. But I feel a lot better than I did then and truly feel that I'm on this journey to promote that culture of autism acceptance, enrichment, inspiration and empowerment, which is what we wanted to do when we founded the organization, right? That's so true. One other reason why we're doing the show today on autism acceptance is we believe that until autistics of all ages, abilities, and intersecting identities have the resources to be safe, healthy, enriched, and empowered to live their best lives possible, we have a job to do. We need to continue advocating for positive change. We need to promote autism acceptance. We invite you to join us as an ambassador for autism acceptance with Autism Empowerment. So what does autism acceptance look like at Autism Empowerment in 2021? For us, autism acceptance looks like meeting you along the way where you're at. So it's really no coincidence that we describe our Autism Empowerment podcast with a bit of a tagline. We say, wherever you identify in your autism or autistic journey, we're here to meet you along the way with acceptance, enrichment, inspiration, and empowerment for the road ahead. Autism is a journey. We're all on a lifelong journey, and it's going to look different for different people. We're going to be at different stages when we meet each other. But we believe in 2021 here at Autism Empowerment that individuals on the autism spectrum have the right to define themselves and not be defined by a label or a stereotype. What that means is that we want to get rid of stigma, but still respect people's choice to identify with the language that they choose for themselves. For example, I'm an autistic woman. But I have a number of friends on the autism spectrum who prefer to say that they're on the autism spectrum. And some of them say, I have autism. It switches around depending upon their preferences and who they're talking with. And some people don't necessarily want to talk about their neurological identity at all. It's part of who they are, but it's not a big deal to use it in their everyday language. We want to meet people where they're at in that part of the journey. We also believe very strongly that everyone has gifts and talents to share with the world. We want to encourage people to embrace those gifts and to let their light shine. We, in our organization, take great joy shining a light on the uniqueness of each individual. We believe it's important to celebrate the differences and support challenges through advocacy, enrichment, and empowerment. Now, Karen, in the past, I've always heard autism awareness. And recently, this shift has been moving to autism acceptance. We've always kind of started at the acceptance point. Can you talk to me about what autism awareness means and autism acceptance and the difference? Sure, John. When we first became involved in our autism journey, it was when our children were diagnosed back in 2008. I was diagnosed shortly thereafter. At that time, we learned about April being Autism Awareness Month. So we became aware. Unfortunately, we became aware of a lot of different things that were 
kind of downers and harmful in, and in very a lot of harmful, ways. very hurtful, and have been very triggering and stigmatizing and traumatizing to many people in the autistic community. Now, what I will say in terms of autism awareness is that generally there are different mindsets traditionally about what autism awareness and what autism acceptance mean. This isn't for everybody, but this is traditionally where the different mindsets are. Awareness focuses on deficits first. Kind of that medical model of disability. Right. It looks at autism as a problem to be fixed. In fact, a lot of the advertising 10 years ago, even five years ago, talked about cure. Historically, you would see advertising during April about autism being a crisis, it being an epidemic. There would be a lot of negative videos out there that would not be talking about celebrating difference. Instead, it would be focusing on fundraising to cure or to fix this epidemic that focused on the deficits. That had to be so triggering for a lot of people. So many people felt that they were broken. A lot of people could not come out and be openly autistic. People who were autistic and especially youth that were growing up at that time were by and large hearing messages that made them feel ashamed. Generally speaking, that awareness message for a lot of people led to a lot of general assumptions in society that people on the autism spectrum were less than not different, less. And that is absolutely wrong. And with that type of thinking, it spiraled downward from there. There was a competition of suffering. There were all of these negative stigmatizing things. The word autistic would often be seen more as a disparaging term. I could see it would be very divisive as well. It was very divisive. It still is. There are still stereotypes and assumptions about autistic people that exist. So that's a little bit about history on autism awareness in terms of a movement. In many cases, it was used for fundraising to raise millions of dollars for organizations that were not run or led by the community in which they were serving. Instead, a lot of the research would be going towards the types of things that did not have a whole lot of autistic input and involvement. But let me talk about acceptance because that's different. Autism acceptance is more saying during this month, let's talk about focusing on autistic people rather than the autism itself. Autism is our diagnosis. It's about what's hard for us. That's what society tells us. That's that medical model of disability that you mentioned earlier, John. Autistic is about who we are as autistic human beings. Being autistic is about who I am in this world and how I function and what I can contribute. Acceptance lends itself to the ideas of equality and equity, the premise that different and uniqueness is not less, it's just different. These types of thoughts, these kinds of feelings, these kind of statements where you meet yourself for who you are, where you're at, you're awesome the way you are as a human being with individual needs, and you deserve to be seen, heard, and supported in a way that helps you become successful. These kinds of thoughts towards autism acceptance lead more to an upward spiral, which allows people to embrace concepts like neurodiversity, 
and inclusion and universal design and giving people that are on the autism spectrum a seat at the table that's meaningfully there to discuss challenges that they face and supports that can help them live better lives. I think embracing differences is wonderful because differences make each person unique and can help society just grow in general. All of us have something to contribute. All of us do. You know, one point I do want to make is that there can be a lot of infighting within autism communities, autistic communities. There's fighting among parents. There's fighting among people regarding language and words and labels and these types of things. A lot of people, if they choose to say that they're promoting autism awareness, by and large, they probably really mean well, and it's a starting point. But we're hoping to encourage them to listen to autistic voices that say now is the time to move past awareness, move into acceptance, and embrace our viewpoints, embrace the things that so many of us are trying to say, give us a seat at the table, let us lead conversations. Let's not come down on each other because we're different. Let's not hurt our cause or bully one another with all or nothing language. All autistics think this. All autism parents think this. Because that's not the case. There's so much difference out there even within our own community. So let's be open and let's be receptive to listening to ideas and viewpoints that are different than our own. But at the same time, when it comes down to policymaking and creating programs and research and things that are really going to make the lives of autistic people better, there has to be autistic people involved in leading that conversation. So I've been in conversations where people have come up to me and said, acceptance. So what are we supposed to just say, yay, for all of these different behaviors? I think that's stagnation. So I think there's a difference between acceptance and stagnation, don't you think? There is a difference between acceptance and stagnation. But to your point, I do want to say that it is imperative that we do not minimize the challenges and struggles that many people do experience and go through. We don't do that either. No, but sometimes when people come to us, they're coming to us and saying, I can't have autism acceptance because I don't accept autism. It's caused so many problems. They use autism, quote unquote, as the reason for tragedy and really difficult things, really difficult emotions, harmful behaviors, different things that may or may not even necessarily be autism based. They could be a combination of different things. But the important thing to listen in here is the hurt that people are feeling, right? Absolutely. They're not going to believe in a concept of autism acceptance if they're in a place where they're in a lot of pain. And so when someone comes to us from a place of pain, we want to listen to them and help them understand that what we mean by autism acceptance is saying, we're meeting you where you're at at this point in time, but that doesn't mean you can't positively move forward. Stagnation would be stopping and not moving forward, being in a place and choosing not to move forward. Now, we can all get stuck. Certainly being an autistic woman, I can perseverate and get stuck in loops and circles about all sorts of different things. But my end goal is definitely to get unstuck and to move forward. 
I think sometimes you need to listen to the language that other people are using to see if perhaps you might be meaning similar types of things, but just using different words to describe it. That makes a lot of sense to me because I think you can still have acceptance and move forward. Right. At Autism Empowerment, accept is one of our four pillars. It's the very first one. That pillar of acceptance talks about how we strongly promote the unconditional acceptance of those on the autism spectrum. That means self-acceptance and social acceptance. Those aren't easy things for people to come to terms with, okay? But it's something that we work for. It's something we strive toward. It's something that we believe in. We really do want to try to accept each spectrum traveler for who they are, where they're at in the present moment. When we do so, we can help promote autism acceptance and also autism awareness in a positive and respectful way. That would also mean promoting health and wellness for all of your other needs as well. We can promote health, wellness, and human needs of each autistic person with respect and dignity by centering autistic voices. We need to make sure in that conversation that we have different intersecting identities as well. John, this is really important because we're not going to promote health and wellness for all of the autistic community unless we're including all of those intersecting identities. And I mean race, ethnicity, religion socioeconomic status, class, gender identity, gender. There are a lot of people in the autism community that are also in the LGBTQ community. A lot of families that are new to the autism journey and their children are being diagnosed. Those types of topics haven't even potentially come into play yet. They may not come in until many years down the road, but we need to still talk about these kinds of things because... They are going to be coming for a lot of people. For a lot of people, they will be coming. And if they do, we want people that have those intersecting identities to know that, yes, you're still part of our community. We still welcome you. We still accept you. You're included. It would be really hypocritical for us to promote acceptance and inclusion of some people, but not all people. There's a saying that's pretty popular in disability communities, also civil rights communities, nothing about us without us. What that means, essentially, if you're going to have discussion about a group of people, then you need to have those group of people represented at the table in all stages of program development, all stages of policymaking, and not as tokens. If you really truly want to promote the health and wellness of autistic people, you need to make sure that they're at the table in meaningful conversations and ways. That's why at our organization, everybody that's on our board is either on the autism spectrum or has autistic family members or both. We also engage in a lot of cross-disability work in partnership with other organizations because it's important to hear different voices other than our own. Absolutely. We need to have everyone coming to the table. I want to talk about neurodiversity for a moment, too, because the current concept of neurodiversity has a basis in science. What we're talking about here is that there are different ways that brains can be wired. People can think differently. And there's actually brain imaging studies that show those differences in the brain. Autistic might be one way of being neurodiverse, but dyslexic. Absolutely. ADHD. There's other ways of having different brains, and that's okay. We were created this way. 
the concept that people are naturally diverse learners is important for kids and adults with learning and thinking differences to understand because if they can accept themselves, going back to that autism acceptance, but they accept that neurodiversity, it will reduce stigma and the feeling that something's wrong with them. So many times children, when they don't know they're on the spectrum, they feel that something's different about them. They feel they don't fit in. They feel that they're not included, that there's something wrong. That's not a good feeling to have. And we don't want people to go around growing up feeling that they're wrong rather than that they're different. And they just think a little bit differently than a lot of people think. I really truly believe that in order to promote acceptance for people with all abilities, we need to make sure in our teaching approaches that we can benefit people with different learning and thinking differences use concepts like universal design. Those types of things share the principles of neurodiversity. It really helps promote the acceptance of people of all abilities. I think it's such an important concept, and I think it's such an important conversation. It is, and it's not just one of those Pollyanna, rah-rah, these kinds of things. We know that there are struggles. We know there's challenges. And if you can start looking from that lens that, yes, There's challenges, but there's also things to celebrate as well, and that we have those gifts and talents and skills to share, but we may need some extra help and support in order to learn the best way that we can so that we can maximize the gifts that we've been given. And that's going to help the world just in general. I think letting your light shine is such an important concept. That's one of the concepts I love about autism empowerment, shining the light on people and making sure that their talents and their skills are being showcased. These are all tough conversations, and there's a lot of nuances because there's a lot of differences within the autism community just in general. There's a lot of challenges still out there and a lot of things that aren't always positive. But sometimes shining a light on the positive things helps bring people up. I think it's important for people to remember, particularly if they feel that their situation must be a lot harder, a lot more challenging, and that organizations like ours, people like us can't relate. Understand that we do relate to hardship. We do relate to trauma. We do relate to depression and anxiety and sadness and lots of challenge. But we're not going to be relating to your particular situation because we're not you. Just like you don't walk in our shoes, we don't walk in yours. But the important thing is that we show respect to each other, we embrace each other and meet each other where we're at, and that we work together to understand one another so that we can support one another. There are people who are mostly nonverbal who have incredible intelligence that comes out when they're given the opportunities to communicate in a way that benefits them. We need to make sure that we listen to people and presume competence and presume that everybody has an ability to learn. Everybody has an ability to give to one another. There's so many resources out there to be able to promote some of this stuff and especially to see it from an autistic lens. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because I think that might help bring us maybe closer together. I agree with you. I would like to talk about a website called autismacceptance.com. This was a website created by the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network. They put a book on their website, which is free for download, called Welcome to the Autistic Community. 
You can read the book chapter by chapter on their website, or you can download it into a PDF form and read it at your leisure. In addition, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network wants people that are both autistic and not autistic to be open to learning about autism and to be open to reading about autism from a variety of different viewpoints. So they have different resources and sections on their website, on the autismacceptance.com website. Can we briefly go over some of those sections? Yeah, let's go over them. Then we will have links in the show notes to all of these different things. There are so many different amazing autistic voices out there and quite a few prolific writers out there. So many different people have been able to put together a variety of different essays to describe difficult, tough topics. To start, ableism. Ooh, that's a toughie. Yeah. Person first language, identity first language. Amy Sequenzia writes about that. Finn Gardner talks about the problem with functioning labels and how challenging those things can be. There is an all about autism section, which talks about how everyone communicates and talks about alternative and augmentative communication. There's a good essay about why it's important to allow people to stem and why we should stop suppressing people's right to regulate themselves and to express themselves. There is somewhat of an obvious section, but not so obvious to people who are new to the community, and it's called, Who Can Be Autistic? What? (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. Anybody. (laughs) Autism intersects all ethnicities, races, genders, and so forth. However, oftentimes it's more difficult to diagnose autism in girls and women because of the way that the current diagnostic criteria is written. There's a discussion about that. There's a discussion about autism's race problem. It's really important to be able to shine a light on the voices of people of color within the autistic community. There are a lot of great people out there that speak about that. There's also the whole pathway to getting diagnosed to begin with and how people may get misdiagnosed first before they get to that autism diagnosis. And it's important to look into that and why that might be the case as well. They have a section on their website about different autism facts. In fact, one of the first articles they reference is mental age theory, hurting people with disabilities. That's written by Ivanova Smith. The interesting thing about that is in our upcoming spring 2021 issue of Spectrum Life magazine, Ivanova actually updates that article three years after the last one that was written. We have that for you on the SpectrumLife.org website starting on April 13th. There's also other facts on there about left brain, right brain, social camouflage, masking, those types of concepts. Then there's a really robust section on autism and disability. If you're interested in the 10 principles of disability justice, that's a big one. That's a very big one. If you're wondering about that medical model of disability versus the social model of disability. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we talk about that. You can learn some more about the history of developmental disabilities, the autistic community, and the neurodiversity movement. There are so many different conversations to be had around that area. If you want to get really deep into the weeds in terms of self-advocacy, there's a lot of information about self-determination, from ableist to self-advocate, the meaning of self-advocacy. There's a very big section there as well. Then Know Your Rights, the Americans with Disabilities Act, Job Accommodation Network, 
Inclusive Schools Network. The one that jumped out at me in that section was the Wright's Law because that was written by someone who was dyslexic. Pete Wright, special education law and advocacy. That's huge for families out there who are parenting children in special education in schools, IEPs, individualized education programs, 504 plans, connections with National Disability Rights Network and understanding international disability rights. There's all sorts of connections that you can make if you want to learn. If you're interested in finding and making community with other autistic people as well as people that are parenting autistic people, there's sections about that. There's Intersectionality 101 and Teaching Tolerance, making social justice events more accessible. Certainly, we need better representation on TV in terms of diversity in the autism community. And actually by actors who are actually autistic as well. Absolutely. We need to see more of that. There are quite a few autistic actors out there, but a lot of them are not openly autistic. The last section I wanted to mention was the being an ally section. Not so huge. It is. We can use as many positive allies as we can get. There's a whole lot of different conversations in there, learning from autistics, thinking inclusive, parenting autistic children with love and acceptance. In addition to all of the great resources there on AutismAcceptance.com, Autism Empowerment, we have a lot of great stuff ourselves. We have our AutismEmpowermentPodcast.org website where you can listen to all of our past podcasts, all of our future podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed. We have our AutismEmpowerment.org website. And we have our SpectrumLife.org website. That is where our enrichment occurs in terms of articles and magazines. We invite you to read our next issue of Spectrum Life magazine, which is due out on April 12th. It's incredible this time around. We've got a lot of great autistic advocates and stories in this next issue. We're going to be doing in our next episode a preview of what's in that magazine as well. Well, Karen, I want to thank you personally for a wonderful conversation. It's a very heavy conversation, but it's something that needs to be talked about over and over again, I believe. I hope we can talk about this again in the future. Before I turn this back over to you to close us out, I would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please subscribe, and Karen, please take us out. Thank you, John. As we say at the beginning of each show, wherever you identify in your autism or autistic journey, Autism Empowerment is here to meet you along the way. In a show that's about autism acceptance, I think it's important to restate that here again and to encourage you to join us in moving forward together. Until autistics of all ages, abilities, and intersecting identities have the resources to be safe, healthy, enriched, and empowered to live their best lives possible, we all have work to do. We all need to continue advocating for positive change or do what we can by investing in organizations like Autism Empowerment that are passionate about what we do and want to move that conversation forward. We need people who believe in the work that we do so that we can continue these positive discussions. We can have seats at the table and we can support you and your loved ones. Please join us as an ambassador for autism acceptance with Autism Empowerment. We appreciate you hanging out with us and thank you for your time. You've been listening to the Autism Empowerment Podcast. If you'd like to get connected with our community, as well as all the great support and content we have planned for the future, please hit the subscribe button and visit www.autismempowermentpodcast.org for show notes, transcripts, 
social media details, Spectrum Life magazine, and more. As a 501c3 nonprofit charity, we rely upon support from listeners like you to produce our podcast and other programs. We appreciate you leaving a positive review, sharing our show with family and friends, and considering a tax-deductible donation today. Thank you again.